Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time for a Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400. WDWS Champaign Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217 356 9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217 351 5357. You can also email us at talk at WDWS.com. Now, here are your hosts. Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with you for one hour this morning from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock. Then we've got our game day coverage for Illinois football. The Illini and the Northwestern Wildcats kick it off at 11. Pre-game coverage beginning at 9 o'clock right here. Then later in the day, basketball coverage, pre-game and game action of the uh, bragging rights contest down in uh, Columbia, Missouri this year. You know the story there. Mr. Tate, how are you this morning? Ready for a long day? Oh, it's a long day. I'm looking forward to it, yeah. A little football-basketball combination. Northwestern is a 14-point favorite over the uh, Fighting Illini in the football game today, and it sounds like uh, the weather could be an issue up there with oh, uh, wind so. and rain. Yeah, I, you're going to get some wind. You're going to get some... Some rain, if not snow, and, and uh, definitely going to affect the game. Spent many a cold afternoon in that stadium, and, oh, and that wasn't even in December. <laughs> some of the absolute worst. Yeah, that is one of the coldest places ever in the, the Big Ten, I think, uh, on a November or now December afternoon. Yeah, the wind's always blowing off that lake, and, and I can remember one game in particular, Mike White team went up there, and it was just snowing like the very devil, and and, uh, you know, it, it just I just wonder, you know, we've got several California transfers in here and a lot mm-hmm. of guys from Florida on the football on the Illini football team. And <laughs> we, they don't realize how lucky they've been up to this point. If, if one more day, it just one more day, they would have gotten through the whole regular season here without a, a, a really bad cold weather. Well, the four Big Ten teams will not play today. You've heard that news. Michigan at Ohio State is canceled. Purdue at Indiana for the old Oaken Bucket is canceled. Four games are scheduled for 11 o'clock. Illinois at Northwestern, Rutgers at Maryland, Michigan State at Penn State, Minnesota at Nebraska. And then at 2.30, Wisconsin plays at Iowa. That might be the the better of the games on the schedule today. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. And then next week is the Big Ten title game not without controversy with the uh, Big Ten changing their minds uh, yet again this week. What would you think of that? Well, you could see where they were headed. I mean, yep. even if the game had been played and Ohio State had lost, uh, nevertheless, uh, they would have gone to – they would have been the champion. But because of the because of the fact they beat Indiana, right. I think the fact they beat Indiana was it was a big consideration. And, and the, the other consideration is the Big Ten made a decision that was – inappropriate at the time 
I mean, why would you make a, a, mm -hmm. a limit on the number of games when you have no idea what's going to happen or how many games are going to be canceled and postponed and, in this case, all canceled because they didn't have any uh, alternatives? Yeah, they were trying to, to make good on, a, on something that they couldn't make good on. on a bad. It's like telling a lie to tell another lie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, well, they'll they, be criticized for it, and Indiana will hate them forever. Maybe, but I think uh, – I'm not a big Indiana fan, never have been, but I think they they have handled this pretty oh, yeah. pretty classy so far. There's no sure. need to to complain about it too much. By the way, the phone line is open here for a few minutes if you want to jump in. We've got Dave Ennett, the voice of the Northwestern Wildcats, scheduled to join us at 8:15. Bob Hull, former Illini basketball assistant coach, now working radio in Wichita, and the Wichita State played. Missouri last weekend, so he's going to kind of give us a little bit of a scouting report. And then uh, speaking of Missouri, their play-by-play -play man, Mike Kelly, former colleague of ours, will join us about 9.45. But if you're up early and you have any comments on uh, activities this week, feel free to give us a call, 356-9397. Big Ten basketball action uh, last night. Iowa rolls again, number three ranked Iowa over Iowa State. 105.77, and a lot of people, when uh, ranking Big Ten teams, mention their defense. I'm not sure they have to play defense. <laughs> they just, just figure they're going to outscore you. I wonder what's going to happen when they run into some really strong defensive units. I, they're scoring relentlessly. Some of the, the baskets they're making, it looks to me like they're going to be able to make them against anybody. Now, they did play some zone last night. Defensively, they are not among the leaders, but I will tell you, I think they're the best offensive team in the country, better than Gonzaga, better than Baylor, better than anybody that I've seen. Uh, they're just unstoppable, particularly because they've got, a, they've got the ideal setup around Garza. They've got a bunch of dead-eye three-point shooters, and you, if you try to double-team him, they'll shoot threes on you, and if you don't double-team him, he will score. Yeah, they made 11 threes, which is, you know, in a game where they score 105, you think maybe what they do, go wild at the three-point line? Not really. Garza hit six out of seven and uh, 13 out of 14 shots from the field to score 34 points. He made 10. He was 10 for 10 in the second half. And um, so he, they hit 11 threes for the game his, as a his, team. Uh, his uh, offensive statistics are just unbelievable, percentage-wise. Uh, Let's go to the phones here and say good morning to uh, Steve over in Princeton. Hey, Steve. Good morning, guys. Nice and wet up here. Yeah, no. same here, although it's quit raining here at least for a while. But at least no snow. Right. Uh, two questions for you this morning. I just see where Tom Michael is one of the four finalists for the Illinois State Athletic Director's job. And really? then the second question is, a couple years ago we talked about Lovey Smith's contract being extended. And you never let a coach go with just one year on his contract. Do you think Illinois will do anything by extending that or just let it play out for one year? Oh, he's, he's already been extended. It's already been extended. He's, he's not, he's not, he doesn't have a one-year contract now. The question is, will they be willing to pay the $2.6 million buyout if they decide? You know, not whether they'd be willing. That's what they'd be required to do if they decide to let him go. And then, of course, the cost of, uh, of all the assistant coaches. It's, and then the cost of hiring a new coach. It's just the, the amount of money is just uh, mind-boggling. But I don't know. I, I think it's a consideration that Whitman has to have. I don't know which way he's going to go, but I think it's probably 
in my mind, it's like a 50-50 thing right now. I, I, he could be retained. He could be uh, let go. His, his record would be, if he loses today, he'd be 10-33 and 33 for the five seasons. Yeah. But one other thing I'd take in consideration, I was listening to the guys on uh, Sports Talk last night, and what was this about a Zoom thing? The Illinois high school football coaches were having a conference or something. Mm-hmm. And I know Tom Allen of Indiana and Pat Fitzgerald and mm-hmm. Mike Locksley were all contributing, but Lovey declined to participate with the Illinois high school football coaches. And a couple of former Illinois coaches are involved in that, uh, Lou Tepper, Ron Zook. Uh, but uh, Lovey mentioned that this week. He didn't say a lot about it other than his season is ongoing and uh, – He's going to focus on that. So, but anyway, but I thought maybe well, that doesn't that doesn't help uh, in a situation no, where you already have a a really wide gap there between uh, Lovey and the high school coaches in the state. It's just not good. But uh, Lovey's a good guy, but I mean, he just right now he feels like um, his his concentration needs to be on this game and and this season and. And uh, other other coaches feel differently that they need to, you know, they need to have a relationship with the high school coaches in the state. But I know they talked about Ron Turner and Ron Zook. That was their first prerogative was we got to get Illinois kids and yeah, it proved success for them. I tried to I tried to look it up. There's so many injuries right now in the defensive unit, Steve. But I tried to look it up, and if if they didn't have all these injuries, they'd have maybe one. I mean, definitely one and maybe two Illinois products in the two deep on defense. But now that they've had these injuries, we're going to see a number of injuries today, Steve. Uh, guys out. On the defensive side. On the defensive side really of the ball. I mean, it is stunning. If you remember last week, they lost three defensive backs during the game, including Hobbs and, and – uh, Adams. and Right, Tony Adams, one of their very best players. They lost three defensive backs. They've got all kinds of linebacker problems now with, with Tolson and uh, Barnes out for the season. And they've got a uh, defensive line. They lost uh, Woods in, during the game. And uh, now we even hear that uh, Perry's hurt. And Perry's been their, you know, an outstanding defensive uh, tackle uh, throughout the season, his first year here since he transferred. So uh, Illinois on the defensive side is really, 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 truly hurting. So if they had this many people out for the for virus reasons, there wouldn't be a game. So, but maybe they could have used that for an excuse and said, "Hey, we're not going to play." Well, yeah, so we there's nothing really to play for. They're and always in Michigan. Injured. Yeah, well, that's yeah. true, but you know, it's it's and the Michigan, old rivalry what game. What did Michigan have to play for at Ohio State? I mean, they're out of the Big Ten Championship. They can't play in the playoffs, you know. And if we get slaughtered, that's just more negative publicity for Harbaugh. So they may have taken the COVID-19 excuse. Well, 90% of the teams in the country aren't going to be in the playoffs, okay? So, so I mean, you got you play football because you like to play football. I mean, I, you can't. everybody can't use the reason I'm not in the playoffs to call off the game because that then you wouldn't have any games hardly. I'm starting to wonder about the the benefit of playing a ninth game next week for everybody, but the uh, the two teams in the Big Ten title game. I, I'm not even sure why you do it, but and it hasn't been announced for sure that they will. So uh, I think they're planning on it, but we you, don't know what the plan is. You might be onto something there, Steve. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, right. but there. But you've got uh, you've got Purdue and Indiana. You don't know if either one of them are going to be able to play next week, and. Um, 
Certainly don't know about Michigan, do we? I don't know. Nope. Hey, you guys have a great show. I appreciate listening to you. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate that. Let's go to Alan in Montrose. Hey, Alan, go ahead. Morning, guys. Uh, Last week's game uh, against Iowa, first quarter, we did real well, of course. And we kept them under 50 yards uh, in the first quarter. We still gave up 425 yards for the day. Uh, when Lovey comes back, is there any chance that possibly he can relegate his defense to somebody else? Because his de- basic defense is not working. Well, I I, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's going to give up the defensive side of it. Even when he wasn't defensive coordinator, he was kind of in charge of it. And so, I mean, you know, that's where his emphasis is. That's where his expertise is. If he, you know, that's... I, I don't. I don't see him giving that up. I, I. If he, if you're going to take him out of that, you might as well start over right from the top. Uh, how many defensive players are we going to be without today? I'm counting at least maybe five or six. I think it'll be, be in that. Right? It could be in that range, a half a dozen or so. Yeah. Have to wait and yeah, see. We'll know here fun. in a couple hours for sure. Yeah, we got to see if Eifler's okay. We got to see if Ware's okay. We, there's some guys that we just don't know about because he doesn't tell us, but. We do know that they lost a lot of players last week against Iowa. Hobbs would be out. Yeah, Hobbs was, Hobbs went out in the first half against Iowa. I know that, but he kind of. Well, they, they're not announcing again. who's out, but he's probably not going to play. They will announce it officially within an hour of the start of the game. Well, the one good thing about the game is Isaiah Williams come there, come in and took us down the field twice. Could have easily had two touchdowns. I'm wondering why we didn't use him more during the game. Uh, but at least he shows he can really throw the football, and he's one the one that glimmering hope I think we have for the future. I think I think it's going to ride on his shoulders a lot. Well, if it's if it's a windy uh, day and 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 hard to pass, he might be an option, Steve. He might be think? more effective. Yes. Hey, Alan, thanks for the call. Do appreciate that. Need to take our first break. 8.14 is the time. This is Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, and we're back after this. Don't forget later today a football-basketball doubleheader coming up at 11 o'clock, Illinois at Northwestern football. Tonight it'll be Illinois at Missouri basketball on DWS. All coming your way today on a busy sports day. This is Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We're on an hour early Today, because of the early football game, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly with you until 9. Our game day pregame coverage begins at 9. Kickoff from Ryan Field in Chicago, in Evanston, rather, is at 11 o'clock. And speaking of Evanston, our man on the scene, Dave Ennett, is with us this morning. Dave, good morning. We're going to have uh, have you put your weatherman hat on first and tell <laughs> us what it's like up there. Uh, well, uh, Steve, Lauren, good morning. It is... Uh... About what you might expect for December 12th without the snow. Uh, but it, it rained all night. It's still raining. It's very windy. Uh, they're saying wind gusts up to 40 miles an hour during this game. Oh, Temperatures no. falling into the 30s. So, all in all, it's just a beautiful day for football <laughs> in December. <laughs> Lord and I were talking about the many days we spent up there in not December, but November and uh, couldn't think of a colder place to be on some of those days, but uh, I can't imagine how it might be in December. But got to play the game, and Northwestern goes in 
as a two-touchdown favorite over the Illini in the Battle for the Land of Lincoln trophy today. Tell us more about Northwestern at 5-1. Uh, and one. I'm sure that um, they were sad last week they didn't get a chance to play to get the, the bad taste out of their mouth maybe from that Michigan State game. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they were, but at the same time, uh, it was on Saturday that they learned they had officially clinched the Big Ten West, so I think that kind of eased whatever pain there might have been. And I also think that, like every team this year, uh, when you've had a, a week off scheduled, well, they were all unscheduled, uh, I, I think it's it probably came at a good time in the season for them, not only coming off a loss, but also – a little beat up at this point like everybody is so they've had to play three times against teams that had their game the week before canceled and you know Pat Fitzgerald has talked about that off and on it being an advantage for the opponent right in those situations where they get a bye week and and so now uh, they finally get one of these unscheduled bye weeks and uh, I, I think they look at it as probably a good time for it and yeah, it was probably a, a long two weeks. <laughs> There's no question about that. Well, Dave, this is Lauren. Uh, i got to ask you this before we get into the game. Uh, the Bears have got all kinds of problems up there, and there's been some talk of Fitzgerald. He looks like a lifer at Northwestern to me. Is there any chance he would consider something from the Bears or even, even look at it? I, I think, Lauren, that he would never say that he wouldn't consider it. Uh, I think it is unlikely that he would leave Northwestern. I think he's got things going very well here, obviously. and He's got a probably his best recruiting class still ahead. So I, I, he's got the facilities here. I'm sure at some point this isn't the year to be talking about major yeah. financial commitments, but I think that uh, at some point they're going to do the stadium here. And you know, I, so I think he's got – everything he needs and and obviously he's got a great situation he's loved here he's the face of the university uh, he's got three boys uh, growing up just a, a stone's throw from ryan field that said if there's one job that i think would hold an appeal and allure for him it would be the bears because he grew up a bears fan he's still a bears fan uh, he's uh, I, I think always had an affinity and an affection for the team and the fact is he wouldn't have to uproot his family. So I don't think you're ever going to hear him say he wouldn't consider it. I think he listened to the Packers last year, I don't think, or two years ago. I don't think he was going there. But I think that uh, this is one job that I think would at least address some of the concerns he would have about taking another job. I, th I think there's some things here that do check the box for him. Well, let's talk about this game. Um, and what, mm -hmm. what turned the, the Northwestern? Actually, you had a nice winning streak started with the last game last year against Illinois. And I think mm -hmm. you, what, you won the first five this year. You had a six-game winning streak before you lost to Michigan State, didn't you? And that's correct. Yeah, it, 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 it turned out the longest active winning streak in the Big Ten uh, at that point. And, you know, I think – Really, I don't know if you remember this, but it was towards the end of last year, Pat Fitzgerald stood up at his Monday news conference and said, this is never going to happen here again. We're never going to have a season like this. I won't let it happen. And next year we're going to be competing for the Big Ten West title again. And sure enough, they win it for the second time in three years. I think what it is, look, he is a, a defensive-minded coach. There's no question about that. And I think he felt his defense – 
and I think a lot of people would agree, played well enough last year for them to win. But they just uh, got nothing from their offense. They had instability at quarterback. They had injuries in their backfield. And it all kind of piled up on them. And I think this year, they knew they had the defense. They had a bunch of guys coming back, even though they had some opt-outs on defense. Uh, But they really needed to address quarterback. And uh, the addition of Peyton Ramsey as a graduate transfer, and I know, look, Illinois knows what it's like to have a, a graduate transfer quarterback come in and make a difference. And just like Brandon Peters did last year for for Illinois, I think that's what you've seen Peyton Ramsey do with Northwestern. Now, he hasn't put up gaudy numbers, but he has given them an air of confidence, and that combined with the new offensive coordinator, Mike Bajaki, I think has been a, a very nice combination, and they kind of got this offense um, back feeling good, some good vibes around it, and, and some guys playing really well, too, on the offensive side of the ball. And it doesn't look like the defense has missed a beat. It is second in the Big Ten as far as points allowed at 15 points a ball game, and it seems to be that uh, is still the strength of the, the Northwestern ball club. No question, Stephen. They really set the tone for it, especially early in the year. I mean, it was the defense that let them come back in that game at Iowa where they got down 17 nothing quickly, and uh, they didn't give up anything after that to, to Iowa but a field goal. And, you know, I think we saw that against Purdue also. You know, they – they had that streak early in the year, and it was actually broken in the Purdue game. But but they had that streak where they did not allow a point in the second half for, I guess, their first uh, three or four games. And, uh, look, that, that gave them a great situation. I mean, their defense just played lights out in those games. This defense is very good against the run. They put pressure on quarterbacks, even if they don't pile up a ton of sacks. But the pass defense has, has been – and I know they gave up a – a long pass play to Michigan State last game, but that was the rare exception. This this secondary has played as well as any Northwestern secondary I can remember uh, probably since the, the mid-'90s with Chris Martin and Rodney Gray on the Rose Bowl team. Well, speaking of streaks, Northwestern has won five straight in this uh, rivalry series in seven of the last ten. Pat Fitzgerald is 10-4 and four against Illinois, so... The guys in purple are certainly taking this uh, Land of Lincoln trophy game seriously. Well, they always have. And and Lauren and I, I think, have talked about this before, where I think for a long time, maybe Illinois didn't look at this as much as much of a rivalry as Northwestern did. And, um, you know, I think that that's probably shifted a little bit over the years. And I also think that you know, these guys know each other, and, and Pat Fitzgerald puts a premium on rivalry games. And, you know, I think yeah, this is a game that has always had a special place for him. He played in it. He coached in it as an assistant coach. And obviously, he's in some years, this has been you know, sort of a bowl game for both these teams, depending on where they were in the standings, and just like it was for Northwestern last year. And, you know, so... And, and I think, Lauren, you'll back me up on this. Just when you think you've got it figured out, which team, based on record and based on performance, should go in and blow the other team out, it goes exactly the opposite way. Yeah, I, I think there's been a lot of games where Northwestern has been an underdog and has really played like an underdog and really played strong. This is a, a, a new, I think it's evolved now where Illinois is the underdog. I don't know if that makes a difference this way, but 
I wanted to ask you about seniors because Illinois has got a whole bunch of seniors, some of whom will be returning. We don't know. What, what's the situation at Northwestern about the possibility of some seniors taking advantage of this new NCAA rule? Well, Pat Fitzgerald said this week, uh, and it kind of surprised me a little bit because they're going to have senior day today. They're going to honor 40-some guys. But he, he said he told his seniors he wants anybody who wants to come back to come back. Now, I don't think you're going to see the Patty Fishers come back. I mean, I think he's uh, probably ready to go take a shot at the NFL. Some of those types of guys that, that maybe want to go to the next level. And some, some guys may just want to get on with their lives, too. But I think he's kind of opened the door to any of the seniors who want to come back next year to come back. And, and that includes Peyton Ramsey, by the way. So it'll be interesting to see what he decides to do. He said this week he has not made any decisions and and that'll come later but uh yeah that's that's the approach he's taking that's dave ennett from wgn the voice of the wildcats bundle up my friend and (laughs) have a good broadcast today thanks i miss seeing you guys but uh, stay healthy we'll catch you next year we're trying good to (laughs) good to talk to you dave (laughs) yeah you too steve thank Mm, you bye-bye 827 is the time here illini pella saturday sports talk and if you've been thinking about uh your windows and doors. How about a trip to the Pella Window Store? They've got a relatively new product. It's about a year old now, but it's called the Lifestyle Series. And that series is packed with innovation, including the option for their uh, best between the glass blinds and shades. Pella Lifestyle has style flexibility with a wide variety of inside and outside colors. There are also performance options to improve energy efficiency and reduce outside noises. You can see uh, this new uh, line of products at your Pella's window showroom located at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Window and door specialists there can help you find the right Pella product for your home or budget. So stop by and see them. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. If you can't make it in, they would uh, certainly do something for you on Saturday by appointment. The Pella window showroom or check them out online at PellaofChampaign.com. We'll take a break and be back with more on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. It is 831 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. This is Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We're off and rolling a little bit early today because of the early football time. Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly with you until 9. And then uh, Lauren will be back on our game day pregame show Beginning at 9 o'clock, I'll be back at 10 o'clock for more football pregame. And then uh, basketball coverage coming up later on tonight here on the Fighting Illini Sports Network. We're going to talk some basketball for the second half of the show this morning. Our friend Bob Hull out in Wichita is with us. Bob, a former assistant coach at the U of I and longtime friend of both uh, Lauren and myself. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Good morning, Steve. How are you and Lauren? We're hanging in there for a couple of old guys and uh, – <laughs> Still uh, still plugging along. Uh, we wanted to talk to you because, number one, it's always good to talk to you, but uh, more importantly is uh, the fact that you saw firsthand the Missouri Tigers last Sunday in a game at Wichita that uh, they beat uh, the Shockers by 10. We wanted to get kind of a scouting report on what you saw with uh, the Missouri Tigers. Okay. Uh, well, they kind of put it on us like you guys put it on Duke the other day. Uh Missouri's got a really good ball club. Uh, they, they've, they've got a bunch of guys that have been together 
for a couple of years now. They're all juniors and seniors, and uh, they're big, they're deep, they're, uh, they play really good defense. That's probably their strength, their man-to-man defense. Uh, they love to run. They really beat us down the floor and got a lot of easy buckets. That was probably the main decider in the game. And, uh, you know, the roundhouse, when it's empty, uh, doesn't seem so intimidating as when it's got 10,500 in it. So not having fans there uh, really really hurt, I think, the the Shockers. I'm not sure it would have meant, meant that the, the outcome would have been different, but it would have been a lot closer game, I think, had they had fans there. But uh, Conzo Martin has got a really good ball club. Uh, now, I don't know if they're good enough to, to handle the Illini, uh you know they've got they've got a similar team and they're big and they're deep and they're talented but uh i think they're uh a lot of their guys could line up with the Illini guys but they don't have anybody like Io and they don't have anybody like Kofi so uh, uh i think uh, those two uh, players for Illinois are are going to be the difference today against or tonight against Missouri well, Bob, good to hear your voice. Uh, you talk about they don't have anybody like Kofi, but they've got Jeremiah Tillman. I remember when he committed to Illinois that we thought we had the the center for the next four years, and it turns out he's a Missouri center. But uh, how has he evolved as you see it? Well, you could compare him to Kofi uh, and Mark Smith, I guess, to I.O., but uh, I don't think they're as good. Uh, now, in one ball game, you know, you never know. One guy can, can, can be a standout, but – uh, Tillman, I don't think he has the motor that Kofi has. Uh, he doesn't seem to play hard all the time. Now, they, they're talking about this year that he's kind of really stepped it up and he worked a lot harder in the offseason, lost some weight, got, uh, got in better shape. So they're saying that he's playing a lot better than he has in the past. But uh, I don't think – I think he's going to have trouble handling Kofi uh, – especially inside, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can run with Kofi up and down the floor. But Io, I think, is in a different level. Um, he's playing so well right now. He's, he's doing so much. Uh, uh, he's such a, a complete player, you know, scoring and passing and rebounding and, and uh, just doing everything, playing defense. But uh, Mark Smith had a really good game against, uh, against the Shockers. He, he dropped 19 on us and hit six out of 11 shots. So he's very capable. Uh, Bob, back to Wichita State. How has that uh, situation evolved there, and with the coaching shakeup and everything? And uh, and uh, was it uh, was this an appropriate uh, decision for them? Oh, you know, they really haven't put all the information out there for people to look at. Uh, it was done by the administration and the lawyers involved, and the, and the firm that they hired from St. Louis to do the investigation and. Everybody signed uh, uh, agreements afterwards not to talk about it. So it's hard for us uh, people to know exactly the details. But I, did, I didn't think, and, you know, the last time I was on the air, we were talking about this. I didn't yeah. think Greg Marshall would lose his job over it. I, I thought he might get a suspension and, uh, and maybe, uh, you know, some things like that. But I didn't think he'd lose his job. But the administration, I guess, uh, felt that he had crossed the line in how he had dealt with uh, – a couple of former players. It was some things that have happened four or five years previously, and and uh, they uh, decided to uh, to let him go. And it was really sad for the Shockers. And 
uh, really disappointing. But uh, the team has has hung in there, and the assistant coach got uh, elevated to head coach. Isaac Brown is our is our head coach, and the team has rallied around him. He w- he's been here for seven years, and he's been an assistant for 17 years. So compare him to kind of like a Jimmy Collins type figure, who would be put into this position, and and all the players are rallying around him and. Hopefully we can get fans back in the building. The, the, the fans will rally around him, too. Do you see Marshall getting back into coaching? Not for a while. Uh, he got a pretty good settlement. Uh, he's going to make about, I think, $7 million uh, over the course of a number of years. And I think it worked out. To, he gets a check for 48000 every two weeks <laughs> for, the next, for the next seven years. Well, how do you get by on that? <laughs> I don't know, Lauren. I could live on half of that. I don't know about you, but uh, uh, so I think he and Lynn are, are going to be comfortable, and you know, nobody wants to go out like that, obviously. And um, but I don't think it's going to tarnish his reputation with the loyal Shocker fans. Now, maybe nationwide a little bit, but here in Wichita, he's pretty highly thought of still. And getting back into coaching, I, you know, he might. You know, he's not. He's about ten years younger than I am, so he's about mid fifties. Uh, I don't know. He he may just like it, like playing golf with his wife on the beach. <laughs> Bob, did uh, is Isaac Brown the interim head coach, or did he get the job permanently? No, he's the interim head coach. So you expect a job search then after the season? Well, I hope there's not. I hope he has such a good season uh, that he gets the job. He's he's certainly deserving, and I really like him, and he's doing a good job so far. Uh, but uh, I'm sure the AD's got a list of guys that he's looking into just in case. So after seeing Missouri, and uh, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but after seeing Missouri up close and you've uh, followed Illinois over the years and certainly so far this year, what do you think a key or two in the game might be from the Illinois standpoint in this ballgame tonight? Oh, I, I make them make them shoot jump shots. Uh, I don't think they're a real good jump shooting team. Uh, they like to take it inside and go to the basket. They scored a lot of easy buckets in transition on the Shockers. Uh, so Illinois is going to have to do a good job running the court and taking away their easy buckets because they really get out and run. But uh, it's going to uh, Lauren and you too, Steve. Uh, you know, us older guys. Um, I say older guys, but uh, you know, I'm getting tired of watching. Teams just run up down the court and play AAU basketball. I think this game tonight, the, the uh, Missouri-Illinois game, is going to remind Illini fans of the games back in the 80s when you had two big, experienced teams full of juniors and seniors and two coaches that believe in defense and rebounding just battling it out you know they should probably play this game in the checker dome <laughs> you know and you know you'll see you'll if you close your eyes you'll see storm and norman on the sidelines battling lou henson so i, I think it's going to be a throwback to a game in the 80s where you got two really experienced ball clubs that are well coached just battling it out well you know bob you've got an illinois team that's trying to get its uh, anger up for the game and you've got a Missouri team that's anger to begin with because he got three players that were committed or signed or played with Illinois. And I, I just wonder how much that plays. I think it's played into the last two games, although when I look at last year's game and I see Illinois scored three field goals in the first 18 minutes of the second half, it had something to do with shooting also. <laughs> but yeah. how about this uh, motivational factor that kind of favors Missouri? 
Yeah, I, I think you've got a good point there, Lauren. Uh, yeah, you definitely have some guys that uh, uh, want to prove themselves and show that uh, that they're 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 better than people think, or, or they belong, or whatever, however you want to phrase it. But uh, yeah, they'll definitely be motivated. And uh, you know, Conso Martin, he used to come to our basketball camp there at Illinois when uh, when Benny Lewis was the coach at East St. Louis Lincoln. He and Jethro Brown used to bring up uh, Conzo and LaFonso Ellis and all the guys from East St. Louis Lincoln, and they'd battle against Chicago King and Sonny Cox's guys at our camp. So LaFonso Conzo Martin has has been around a long time, and he he played for Gene Cady at Purdue, uh, so he learned how to coach defense. And uh, well, hey Bob, let me interrupt you. Didn't Conzo Martin commit to uh, to Lou privately? Before he went to uh, the school bef- that was interim, before he went to Purdue? Uh, you know, I was talking to Joe Thompson about that the other day, and he, he remembers it that way. I don't remember it that way, but uh, he might be right. He's usually more right than I am, but uh, uh, I hate to admit that. But, uh, <laughs> Joe's, Joe's yet to be wrong. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, he knows his numbers. Anyway, they were, they were recruiting Conzo, and I don't know if there was any commitment or not, but uh, Illinois was definitely interested in him, and he went over to Purdue and ended no, up being, But there was some place he went before he went to Purdue. Then he, had, he had a year between high school and, and Purdue. I'm, am I crazy? Did, no, I don't I don't, I don't remember, remember that. that either. Well, I I do, <laughs> but I guess I but I remember things that didn't happen. <laughs> well, you, you, you should have had him working for you up in the News Gazette, you know, yeah. that year. So, so Illinois would have got him because I think Purdue won. Didn't they win a couple Big Ten championships with him over there? Yeah. Yep. Hey, Bob. He was a he was a thorn in the side of uh, the Illini for a few years there, and hopefully he's not a thorn in the side of the Illini tonight. Good catching up with you. Appreciate uh, the information. Always good to visit with you. Thank you. Hey, nice talking with you, Steve Thanks, and, Bobby. And, and Lauren. Good, good to talk to you guys. You Have bet. Fun today. You bet. Bob Hole with us. Eight forty-two is the time. We'll talk more bragging rights basketball coming up in just a moment with Mike Kelly. One thing you were talking to Lauren about uh, never being a uh, at a colder place than Ryan Field in the in the wintertime in a football game, the indoor equivalent to that is the checker dome. You bet. Remember that? When with, they had ice under? With the ice, you, you could, if you could... I learned to take two pairs of socks. Two pairs of socks and a couple of thick phone books <laughs> <laughs> to put your feet on to keep your feet cold. You only do that if you're short. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, you look at me when you say that. 843, we'll take a break and be back with more after this. It is 846, Illini Fella Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate with you until 9. A couple of big ball games today. Of course, we talked about the Illinois Northwestern football game. We've got the Bragging Rights game tonight in Columbia. A little bit different. And Mike Kelly joins us, the voice of the Missouri Tigers. Busy day for you too, Michael, with a football game starting in the morning and then the basketball game at night. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. Always great to to talk to the, the two of you. And, uh, yeah, this is the first time in my what 30 years of, of doing basketball that, that we've had two games on the same day that, that I've been able to call uh, a few years ago. I think it was in 2014, uh, Missouri played Alabama in the SEC championship game in Atlanta in the morning hosted UCLA in basketball, but I didn't get a chance to do the, uh, do the hoops game that day because I was with football. So, uh, yeah, this will be a first, a doubleheader. 
Missouri off to a 4-0 start on the basketball court with wins over Oral Roberts, an impressive win against Oregon, a win, a 10-point win on the road at Wichita State, then a win earlier this week against Liberty. Tell us about this ball club through four games. What's making them tick? Defensively, they've been playing very well, uh, particularly, you know, defending the three-point line. And, you know, Steve and Lauren, I, I just think in this season when there's so many distractions and you don't know what's going to happen from almost a day-to-day basis. I think it's teams that have got experience that that really can handle um, whatever adversity may be thrown their way. And, and this is the most experienced team that the Conzo Martin has had. It's a lot of the same pieces that, that played the Illini a year ago in St. Louis. Um, you know, the one addition that we'll see time on the court tonight is Drew Bugs who's a graduate transfer from the University of Hawaii, who will play quite a bit, I think, at guard. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that they've defended well. Uh, Mark Smith has been very consistent scoring the basketball. Drew Smith's been very consistent in terms of his ability to distribute the, distribute the ball. Um, and, and Xavier Penson is a guy that, uh, you know, can take over a game um, at, at times, like he did uh, uh, certainly in the second half against Oregon. So, uh, just doing a lot of things well, and I think it's just their experience that's helped them. You know, uh, you talk about the uh, consistency of the team, and I, I was just looking up their, their scoring, and Mark Smith's average in 17. He scored 17 against Liberty. Uh, Jeremiah Tillman is uh, averaging 8.7. He scored 8 and had 9 rebounds against uh, Liberty. Uh, Pickett. He's averaging eight, scored eight. I mean, that's that's very unusual. Uh, Drew Smith averaging 13.7. He scored 14. I mean, it looks to me like you do have a consistency there that I, I don't remember many teams having. The the problem with, with Missouri, too, under under Conzo, is, as he's tried to build this and now his fourth season, is just finding, you know, they, they may have had a guy that can score in double figures, but finding two guys to score in double figures, or three guys to score in double figures, or five guys to be close to double figures, that's been an issue. You know, consistent scoring, they're starting to find that. You know, and, you know, the other thing about Mark Smith is, you know, he's shooting the ball at over 50% from the field and also over 50% from three, but he's also playing better defensively now than they, they've played since they since they arrived in Missouri. Um, and so that's helped out. You know, the other thing Mark's been able to do is, is not just rely on his three-point shooting, but he's he's become better at, at, at driving the basketball, more confident in his ability to handle the ball, and then use that body to get to the rim and, and, and finish plays. But tell us what the atmosphere is going to be like. I understand, there, am I correct, there will not be fans. You've had fans at previous games, have you, and, and not for this one? As I understand, yeah, Missouri, so the limit would be 3,000 is the tickets that they have out for Mizzou Arena. Um, and they had, I would, I think, probably around maybe 1,500 to 2,000 for the game against Liberty on Wednesday night. But as I understand it for the Illinois game, because, um, you know, it's not a neutral site game, and since Illinois can't have fans, that the only fans that will be in the building will be uh, fans that are guests of players um, and also guests of the coaches. Uh, And then there may be, you know, select donors that are allowed to be in the building. I I think the total number, I'd be surprised if it's more than 100. 
to, to tell you the truth. So it's going to feel like a, I think it'll feel like a scrimmage, to be yeah. honest with you, and, and let's see what happens. Mike, you got to let the donors in, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to let some in, absolutely, yeah, exactly. And so, uh, you know, I don't know if those are donors that are have the suites, you know, if, if those are the ones that will be there. So, um yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see exactly what it looks like. Visiting with Mike Kelly, the voice of the Missouri Tigers. Mizzou has won two straight games in this uh, long-time series. What do you remember about last year's game? Lauren and I were talking kind of the start of the second half was key in that ball game for Mizzou. Neither Kofi or, or Jeremiah were much of a factor in the game. Um, you know, Tillman got into foul trouble. Um, you know, finally Trent Frazier didn't go off for 30 points against <laughs> against Missouri. Uh, but the other thing that stands out, Drew Smith was really good in the game, very balanced, and, you know, steals, scoring, and, and also assists. The other thing that stands out is Mark Smith did not score in the game. Uh, and so, um, you know, uh, and, and of course there was the the, the, the the little scuffle late when, when Mark went in for uh, a dunk after the whistle had blown. I think some players took exception to that. But it's weird, guys. It's the first time since 79 that, uh, that Illinois will visit Columbia. The last time they were here, you know, Missouri was playing in a different building, uh, the Hearn Center, and, and Missouri won that game in overtime 67-60, so, or 67-66. So uh, I think it's just going to feel really different. Um, you know, this year. But talk about a team that travels well. I really like Brad's team, and and I think they're a team that is that um, you know certainly a Final Four caliber team. You know, you talk about the defense of Missouri. I just looked up last year's game. In the first eighteen minutes of the second half, Illinois scored three field goals. Period. They had some free throws, yeah. but three three baskets. That's all. Now, in in the last two minutes, uh, Iowa had four layups or four baskets, mostly layups. But uh, it was too late then. They were they were down uh, roughly nine, eight, nine, ten points there, fifty three, forty three, with uh, four minutes to go, and and right. it, it uh, went on from there. But it, it seems to me that uh, Missouri seems to have a more of a uh, an inspiration for this game than Illinois has shown, and I think it's obvious, you know, the, the reasons why with Tillman and and uh, Smith and uh, I believe uh, Pickett also they, they've all had. Uh, interest in Illinois in the past, <laughs> either committed or came, right? Yeah. Well, I think that's part of it. And I think, I think Conzo having grown up in East St. Louis and at one time before he made the decision to go to Purdue, he was recruited by, by Illinois. And, and but I, I just think being an East St. Louis kid and, and, and understanding, you know, uh, the, the, the influence that Missouri can have on the city of St. Louis. I think that's, that's, that that's part of it as well. But, uh, you know, um, I think for Missouri to win the game, uh, it's got to be an ugly affair. It, it can't be pretty. Uh, if, if Illinois is controlling tempo and if, and if Illinois is, is getting easy back baskets in transition, um, you know, in my mind, if the game gets into the 70s, Missouri does not have a chance to win it. Another minute or so with Mike Kelly. You're getting set for a football broadcast today before the uh, basketball broadcast tonight. Uh, Missouri plays Georgia in uh, Columbia and Missouri football is turning into kind of an interesting story. Does this surprise you at all? Well, Eli Drinkwitz is really good. Um, you know, I, I think Missouri is ahead of where he thought that they would be in his first season. I said to somebody the other day, and again, I, 
I've been around this for a long time. I started hosting uh, Tiger Talk, the football show, in 1989, shortly after I left WDWS. And so I've been around the Bob Stull staff and the Gary Pinkle staff and the Larry Smith staff and the Barry Odom staff. And when you sit down with these individual coaches that are on Eli Drinkwood's staff and you spend any measurable time with them, I'll just tell you guys, this individually, this is the most impressive Missouri coaching staff the, from a football standpoint that I've been around in my career at Missouri. And um, it, it's, it's been, it's been fascinating th- through this pandemic environment that they're operating in to see how they've handled their team. Hey, Mike, always good to talk with you. Good luck on your broadcasts today and happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to you and all my friends in Champaign. Miss you guys. And uh, certainly tell Mr. Turpin, I said, hello. We will do that for sure. 855, about a minute left here on our part of uh our coverage here this morning, at least uh, getting it started. A big rivalry game, Lord. How do you size it up, Illinois-Northwestern? Well, Northwestern is uh, built for this kind of game where uh, it's going to be very difficult to pass the ball with the, if the winds are as, as uh, strong as Dave Ennett said. I mean, 30, 40-mile-an-hour winds make it really difficult. And, of course, with the precipitation on top of that, it's going to be a game where the toughest team that it's going to be decided in the line, which is where most Big Ten West games are decided, whether you're playing Wisconsin or Iowa or, in this case, Northwestern. Northwestern's defense has been amazing. They well, just yes. held everybody down. They lost the Michigan State game because they they had two terrible turnovers late in the game right when they had it in hand to win. And But, you know, when you, when you play close games, they can go either way in the fourth quarter. That's what we want to see from Illinois, get to the fourth quarter where you got a chance to win the game. Illinois is uh, really banged up, especially on the defensive side of the ball. We'll talk more about that Never as we move along. Never seen anything like this. This is, this is heavy. Mr. Tate, appreciate it. And Lauren will be back on our game day coverage coming up. I'll be back with you at 10 o'clock on uh, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Have a good weekend, everybody.